Welcome to The Round Barn, a podcast devoted to all things livestock. Our goal is to offer provocative insights, challenge conventional wisdom, and never be boring. I'm your host today, Kaylee Hillinger. Joining me again is Dr. Jim Lowe, a large animal veterinarian and a member of the faculty at the University of Illinois College of Vet Men. Hey, Jim, how are you today? Good, Kaylee. How are you? I'm fantastic. How could you be mad with this lovely weather in central Illinois? I know the weather's lovely, and I actually was almost a veterinarian today, so don't tell anyone. (laughs) It's a secret. Did you walk on a farm? I did. I was on a farm yesterday. Okay. You really are playing the veterinarian I saw a pig. Don't tell anyone. It's a secret. Okay. Did you do some veterinary work on that pig? Um, yes, I may have done some veterinary work, so this is all new. So. <laughs> may have been malpractice, but we'll go with it. Okay, well, we're doing what we can here. That's right. <laughs> so, Jim, you're on social media, right? Uh, yes. Yes. What's your platform of choice? I read Twitter. You are I, a Twitter guy. I don't tweet. I just read the Twitters. Okay. Social media stalker then. Yes. Yeah, okay. that's yes. Perfect. Free for me. Yes. <laughs> I'm new to Twitter. I had a very old Twitter that I made, ooh, I think like 10, 15 years ago on a spring break to get free drinks or something, but yep. um, I made a new one so I can try to catch up on what's happening on Twitter. My husband uses it for all kinds of scientific things, and I didn't realize there was a whole face of Twitter for that. Yeah, so I got started down originally with baseball Twitter because the baseball oh. writers were tweeting instead of putting the story out. So you get the story the night before and you have to wait for the paper the next day or you know for it to appear because they were lagging the online. Ah. And now that isn't as big a deal and Twitter's a bit of a mess, right? Because I mean this whole Elon Musk thing is a mess. <laughs> but uh, I get all kinds of strange stuff in my feed. But there's also ag Twitter. And yeah. so ag twitter and then there's british ag twitter and then there's a whole bunch of rabbit holes you can go to. <laughs> so you get 140 characters and then a link to a true story or a story and let's not oh let's yeah not let's qualify it's no twitter. that's a good point it's it's a good may point. or may not be true yes. i mean i think it's not true but yes yeah, so that's what i want to talk about today is the misinformation of some of the things that i was reading on twitter yeah, it's gotten like crazy. Well, there's a lot of crazy, right? Right. Like Twitter itself is absolutely insane. You can't believe hardly anything on there. But yeah, we've got done this mRNA vaccine thing. That's yeah. bizarre. I mean, maybe understandable, but bizarre. Very weird. So I copied some of the tweets that I wanted to read for some of our listeners who may not have gone down this Twitter rabbit oh, hole on yeah. mRNA it's, vaccines. It's a, it's a hole. I'm not sure it's a rabbit yeah. hole, but it's a hole. <laughs> so... One tweet said, never since the beginning of time have cattle needed mRNA vaccines. It's not about the health of the cattle. Then another one, and this is really where they start kind of going off the tail end of what's happening, is legislation is being drawn up in some countries to force mass vaccination of all livestock with mRNA technology. And then they keep going, right? So now it's Bill Gates' fault. He vows to pump deadly mRNA technology into our food supply to force jab the unvaccinated. And that's where this whole misinformation thing really starts to cruise along. And it follows the hashtag of say no to mRNA, which then takes the cattle piece and then the 2020 COVID thing, and it all starts getting blurry. So what is happening? People are crazy. Um <laughs> Well, it's an interesting bit, right, that I think we've conflated or or the Twitter sphere has conflated a technology, which is self-replicating messenger RNA. mRNA. Yep. With 
um, COVID. And so this mRNA technology, so we let's let's back up a step. You and I, everybody listening to this makes oodles and oodles and oodles of mRNA all day long. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's how we it's how in every cell, the DNA or your genes make the protein. So DNA codes has nucleic acids, these ACTs and Gs. The messenger RNA sticks to that and copies it. And that's how you make protein. You survive based on mRNA. Okay. And so it's completely normal. We've known it's existed for a long time. It's how cells work. It's okay. the messenger from the genetic code to the functional bit. Just it's a the, biological system, it's the, the way it works. It's the bridge. And so we've known, I guess, for quite a while. I mean, I wasn't aware of it before. But but if you look at, so prior to COVID, this somebody thought about, hey, could I take mRNA uh, and basically hijack the virus and use like the virus. So in the, I should go one other step backwards here. God, I'm, I'm getting the whole story wrong. Um, You're just you, excited. Okay. Well, something or Cena, one of the two. Um, when a virus infects a cell, so any virus, it's this is virus generic. Viruses don't live on their own. They can't divide on their own. They have to have another cell to do that. A host. A host. In a host cell specifically. Okay. And then that virus goes into the cell and it hijacks the cell's machinery to make more copies of itself. Well, the cell's machinery is mRNA. Okay. That's how it remakes itself. So it has to have mRNA to do that. For a virus to survive, it has to have mRNA. Yes. It all, everything has to have mRNA. Okay. Yeah. So it's the messenger. That's why it's called messenger. It takes a copy of the genes that were there. And it, and it copies it. It's literally a mm-hmm. copy machine. Okay. And then that is converted into a protein. In the case of a virus, it creates another copy of itself. It makes the proteins necessary for the virus. So somebody a long time ago said, in a ba- if a bacteria is in a cell, it does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody made a, a brilliant idea a while ago and said, listen, what if we, instead of taking the whole virus, which is dangerous, so if we have the whole virus, you get infected and you have disease. Okay. Right. So when we think about vaccines, we think about whole virus vaccines, which is most of what we do. Some of those are killed. So we kill them. So they're dead. They don't work very good. So we just like inactivate them. Inactivate them, typically with heat. Okay. And so we'll kill the virus. Viruses don't do drying. So we dry the virus out or we heat it or we kill Mm -hmm. it somehow. And then we put an adjuvant, so something that the immune system pays attention to, and stick that in, and that induces immune response. So the vaccines we give kids, DPT, and are all kill vaccines. Okay. So we take an actual virus piece, kill it, inject it as a vaccine, want to mix it with an adjuvant, create some sort of immune response. That's exactly right. That's okay. a killed vaccine. And those are safe and reliable and not very effective. Okay. Because they're killed, and so it takes a lot of the dead virus for the immune system to pay attention. Because it doesn't have that replicating power. It doesn't grow in the body. Okay. That's exactly right. So then we got along here, and we said we're going to use modified live vaccine. So we took a, a virus, and we grow it up, but we grow it in a way that it doesn't produce disease very much. Okay. So it's attenuated, meaning it isn't as virulent, doesn't produce as much disease. And those vaccines produce a better immune response, but they're attenuated. They're not. So they produce some disease with it. 
And so the best example I can give you is the polio vaccine. So the original polio vaccine, the sock vaccine was killed. Okay. And then we shifted to a modified live, and that's the oral one that most people got. Okay. Because when I give the live attenuated vaccine, doesn't cause disease, but causes a better immune response. The virus actually replicates in you. I get a more natural infection and the immunity is much better. Okay. So because it's live, your immune system actually attacks it, but yes. does it cause sickness, illness, it, it disease? Does. It does cause some sickness, illness, and disease. Okay. And so, right. So if we look at polio today, most of the cases of polio in the world are vaccine variants. So the vaccine, the body didn't respond appropriately and the vaccine get out of control and they get polio from the vaccine. This is a third, not here in the U.S. We don't actually give the vaccine anymore in the U.S., right. but in third world countries. And so the problem with live vaccines are they work, but they're not as safe. You can have some issues. So when we think about cattle, let's talk about cattle because that's where this hub hub started. Most of the vaccines we use, viral vaccines we use in cattle today are live, okay. modified live. So IBR vaccine or bovine herpes virus vaccine is modified live. BVD vaccine is live. Those are the big two we give. Because they work. Because they work. And they're mostly safe. They don't cause much disease. We've used the same vaccine for a long, long time. They work. They're safe. And they're cheap. Okay. Okay. Somebody a long time ago said, if I'm going to vaccinate and I have something I can't attenuate, I can't make safe, is there another approach? And so they said, can I use this mRNA that would be made naturally? Can I hijack the process and only make part of the virus inside the body? So this idea of a subunit vaccine has been really popular. So you and I have been around pigs a lot. All of the pigs are vaccinated with a subunit vaccine mm -hmm. for circovirus. Yep. So we make part of the virus. We're not using mRNA there. We use another technology, we, but we only make part of the virus. And then we give we give the part that causes the immune response and we inject that yep. and that works. So we grow it in another virus, harvest the protein, inject it. It works great. That, that idea of a subunit works for some things and not others. So coronaviruses, subunit vaccines haven't worked very well. Okay. So, so far we've talked about killed, modified live, and subunit vaccines. That's right, which is part of. So the idea of the subunit is it's super safe because I'm not giving the whole I'm not, okay. giving, not giving the whole thing, and I'm giving only the part that it, we induce an immune immune response against. Therefore, it doesn't take as much of it if I give the kill because I give kill and give right. the whole virus. And those circovirus vaccines are like silver bullets, so right, this should work. Works perfect. Great, that's exactly right. So circovirus vaccine in pigs, which is a subunit produced in a cell culture. So it's not anything like mRNA. That technology doesn't work for other things. Other viruses don't work that way, including coronaviruses. We've tried it. Okay. So somewhere along the line, some smart person said, what if I hijack the machinery and make a subunit vaccine, but instead of growing that virus or that making that protein outside the body, what if I make that protein inside the body? Okay. And so hence mRNA vaccines came along. So we've had these I don't know, 20 or 30 years. I don't know exactly the time. I mean, they've been around a long time. Nobody used them. And hmm. no, nobody used them because they're expensive. They're hard to handle. Um. And it takes a, quite a bit of chemical wizardry to actually make them up. I mean, this isn't for the faint of heart. Right. And so this thing had been sitting around. People had looked at it, said, ah, this is great. But, you know, 
diphtheria, tetanus, and, and uh, what's the other? pertussis vaccine works really, really good. Yeah. And so uh, why would you mess with it? Yeah. And so, right, expensive things are going to be used in people. They're not going to be used in livestock, right? Right. And so they said, okay, what, I don't know, that vaccine works. I'm not going to replace it. And so there was really no need for it. But we had this thing sitting on the shelf. So the mRNA technology for vaccines we're comfortable with, familiar with, but it wasn't used either commercially for right. livestock or people. That's right, because okay. it was too, too expensive and too hard. Got it. Wasn't a simple solution, right? Take the, the KISS thing, like make it simple yeah. if it works. So coronavirus comes along and you're like, oh, this is... And we're back to coronavirus and people. Coronavirus and people okay. comes along, SARS-CoV-2 comes along. And so interesting, we've had other coronavirus. So the original SARS epidemic, and then the um, Middle Eastern uh, epidemic, SARS, which mm -hmm. happened, was out of camels. A coronavirus hmm. out of camels. Um, neat, both of those, the killed vaccine worked great. They they made a killed virus vaccine, injected it into people. Really old technology. Grew the virus up, killed it, put an adjuvant with it, injected it, and they stopped those outbreaks. Okay. This SARS-CoV-2 comes along and... They were trying to make killed vaccine, but the problem with making killed vaccine is that they have to be able to grow the virus. Okay. I got to grow a lot of it. Yep. That's also not an easy trick. Yep. So some smart people, a couple of different groups of smart people <laughs> said, hey, we've got this other technology. Let's try that. Let's give it a whirl. It's a pandemic. Let's do some stuff. Let's try it. And so that's what they did. They tried it. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, it worked. Right. Now, skeptics, I may be skeptical all the time. Um, skeptics said we're never going to have a... We, we deal with coronaviruses in pigs, right, all the time. You know, colds are coronaviruses. So coronaviruses yep. is a really broad thing. So we deal with coronaviruses in pigs all the time. We've never had a vaccine that worked. And they kind of all... Mm, I don't know what we did that for. And so vaccination for coronaviruses has generally been poor. Their immune system didn't respond very well. So I didn't think we'd ever get a vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, we're, we're, we're in trouble. We're going to vaccinate our way out of this mess. Right. And yet, A plus B, mRNA technology plus this particular coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, worked. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes science is about luck as much as it is about being really smart. <laughs> and so that combination happened to work. And so here we go, and now everybody's conflating mRNA with coronavirus. mRNA is actually the self-replicating mRNA, which is what they're doing. It replicates on its own. Right. So this Twitter hole, people think mRNA means COVID. It's absolutely. Yeah, it's not COVID. Right. It's this generic technology. That's they do not there. understand that this is a, a system in place, a replication that happens within the body, that, no matter that's, whether that's you exactly have COVID or not. Yes. Okay. So... We got down this rabbit hole. Everybody's saying, oh, we're using it in cows. And I think they were conflating it with we're vaccinating for COVID with cows. Well, but A, no, 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 it doesn't. We're not vaccinating cows against COVID. Nor are we vaccinating deer or pigs or anything else. I mean, it makes no sense. Right. And then you look at the technology. And remember, we didn't use it in people where cost is really not one of the things we think about. Right. It's expensive and hard. And it has to be stored at minus 80 and blah, 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 blah. And this thing is not like, oh, I put it in the fridge and pop it out. Right. And so nobody's really seriously said this is a thing in livestock. At least a large scale commercial thing. Yeah. Because it's hard. 
we do know there are some groups working on mRNA technology for African swine fever. Okay. So African swine fever is one of those things we can't grow in a Petri dish. Yeah. <laughs> the modified live vaccines, which have been produced and a gene deleted. So they chopped one of the genes out. They thought it'd be safe. They've tried that. It's not safe. It's replicating and causing disease. Yeah. And so mRNA or another subunit vaccine, there's numerous subunit approaches going on. mRNA is one of those. Okay. Uh, might be a way to solve a African swine fever problem, but it's because there's no other vaccine option. There's no out other there. approach. Now you start looking at expensive stuff. Does that make sense? Right. You're like, okay, this the pain is high enough to warrant the investment. Yes. And so they're saying, oh, could we stick this in? Um, could we try a piece of the ASF virus to make vaccine? Now that's really that's like like people in labs sitting around. There, there are people. There's some work going here on campus about using other viruses to grow it, a little bit like circovirus, using other viruses to grow pieces of the ASF virus and with that induced immunity. Yeah. So Because there are other options out there, so let's give them a try. Yeah, see yeah what we're, works. we're down like, the, let's yeah, just we're like, do some we, did all the, we did all the normal stuff, and none of that works for African right. swine fever. So we're down this other path. Like, you're down a, uh, I don't know, let's try these things. They're expensive and hard, but we, we got nothing else. So we're trying some stuff in swine. Where did cattle get drug into this whole thing? I have no idea how cattle got drug into this whole thing. I mean, wow. I, I'm not aware of any even research groups saying that we would be using mRNA vaccine for cattle. Our vaccines generally work. It's not like that using a different technology is going to produce a better result. I mean, we've right. kind of gotten really good at those vaccines. They're not perfect, but that's because of the disease, not because of the, the vaccination approach. Uh, and those vaccines are safe and yada, yada, yada. So I, I, don't, I don't see where, I don't know how that got started. Hmm. But it doesn't, I look at it and say, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's not where I would... I would do it. And foot and mouth disease would be the big foreign animal disease we're worried about in cattle. Mm -hmm. And we got a good vaccine for that. Do so, so we can make cheap yeah. grow lots of, we're not going to go make an MRI vaccine. So. Are there any MRNA vaccines that are used in livestock? No. There's nothing. So this whole concept about whether there's a differential in the general population about MRNA and COVID, like in getting into no. the intestine to meet, like none of this is substantiated. None of it is. Huh. And the other interesting thing is the mRNA only lasts maybe a few hours in the body. Hmm. It's naturally consumed. You Remember, you make mRNA right. all day long. You have a lot of enzymes to chew up mRNA and make it go away because it's it. you have to recycle it. Yeah. So it gets, it's, it's a string of nucleic acids. It gets, it does its thing. It gets chewed up by an enzyme and those... Nucleic acids are resorbed and used again in a different way. Hmm. So it's not like, oh, it's stable. Like if we're looking, so diagnostically today, we can actually take a sample of blood and I can pull the mRNA out of it yep. and tell you what proteins you're making. So this is like this yep. high-end sequencing. But to do that, to give you some idea, I have to pull the blood out, I have to put it in a stabilizer, and I have to pack it in dry ice within 10 minutes. Yep. Otherwise, it's all gone. So I think you, I, others in the scientific community can take a look at some of those tweets and social media posts and just go, bah, these people are crazy. Like, they're, they've got nothing to worry about. They just don't understand. But with all of this publicity, like, what does that actually mean for livestock producers, if anything? 
I think it's more of a, I don't think it means much. Okay. Um, I think you've got the politics of COVID coming back to play. Okay. And um, social media allows people to be amplified in a way that they normally would not be. So instead of sitting around the coffee shop talking about these things, we now get on Twitter and talk about these things. Mm-hmm. But it's been real. I feel like quite a few calls about it in the last week. So it's it's pretty, and emails and calls. I mean, it's pretty interesting that uh, everybody's gotten, oh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But um, there's certainly no... Even if it was used, you wouldn't be worried about it. It's gone. Yeah. So it's um, it's an interesting, interesting view of sociology. I guess mm-hmm. would be the best way to look at it. Hmm. Well, thanks for myth busting for us. I got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have another farm to go to today. So. No, 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 no. I'm I'm I back to my full on office uh, office jockey duties. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Dr. Lowe, for uh, joining us and chatting through that. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and tell your friends about The Round Barn. It's available on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. In addition to this podcast, we offer a wide range of online learning opportunities for livestock producers and veterinarians, including a master's of veterinary science degree. You can learn more by following The Round Barn at Illinois on LinkedIn or by visiting online.vetmed.illinois.edu. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.